This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts, Talia Bacassis and Kim France. Today, we're here with Diane Cardwell, a founding editor of Vibe magazine and a former reporter and editor for The New York Times, where over the course of two decades, she covered a wide range of topics. She's also the author of the fantastic new memoir, Rockaway, Surfing Headlong into a New Life, about her quest in middle age to learn to surf. Welcome, Diane. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really glad to be with you today. So can you tell the listeners, how old were you exactly when you decided to start surfing? <laughs> well, let's see. I was 45 when I first, you know, stood on the beach in Montauk and saw these, just l what looked like the most incredible, beautiful, free, fabulous people, you know, <laughs> sort of coasting <laughs> through these incredible mellow little waves, um, and just had the revelation that, oh my God, that's surfing, right? I thought that surfing was just what those crazy Hawaiian walls of water that I would see on Wide World of Sports. But yeah, I guess I probably, I mean, I would say that I probably decided to really pursue surfing the next year. But so 45, 46 was uh, when I first, when I first <laughs> had the inkling that I might want to surf. <laughs> that's so incredible. I mean, can I just come right out and ask you, because this would be top of mind for me, how the hell were you not afraid to injure yourself? That's, <laughs> that's a very good question. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, those waves that I watched were so small that it, they didn't seem scary or threatening. And surfing's kind of like anything. When you watch people who can actually do it, it looks kind of easy, <laughs> which I quickly learned it is not. Mm. Um, but in my first lesson, you know, I fell immediately, like literally the first, you know, the first time I tried to get up, up on the board, I was right back in the water. And it didn't hurt because you're in the water. And so that was one of the reasons I was sort of very quickly not afraid. Oh, 
But the other thing is I pretty much tend to stick to beach breaks where, you know, you've got just sandbars. Like I've never surfed like a serious reef break where, you know, if you fall off the board, you could end up with like a face full of coral. Right. Yeah. Or just, I don't know, like a surfboard to the neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually the majority of injuries out there are come courtesy of your surfboard or someone else's. And, you know, I should say, I've gotten a number of injuries. You know, I've twisted my knee. I broke my ankle once. I broke my shoulder, you know. Oh. All, all while oh. you were surfing. All while well, you were surfing. Well, kind of. So, <laughs> so mm. I wish I had some, like, great badass story about, you know, man, I was at the peak and, you know, <laughs> this dude dropped in on me and, you know, and it was his fault. And, but no, actually, all of my injuries have taken place within about a foot or two of the shore. Hmm. Well, other than that, there's <laughs> something so romantic to me about putting aside your career and focusing on something that brings you closer to the natural world and just fully committing to that. So tell us how you got there. Well, it wasn't, you know, it's like a lot of things. It wasn't really linear. And what was kind of lucky for me is that I discovered, I mean, this is part of what was so kind of special about Rockaway is that I discovered there was this natural wilderness right here in the city. So I didn't have to leave my career to pursue this thing, right? I mean, I've often thought there's the great romance that you see in a lot of surf literature and surf movies of tossing it all aside and going off into the wilderness and chasing your dream. And, you know, I couldn't do that or didn't feel like I could do that, right? I mean, I had a life such as it was. Mm. <laughs> I, I think I meant, though, also, like, not put aside your career because you didn't stop working, but you you stopped becoming a career-focused person, it seems like, yeah, from the book. That is true. I mean, I still have work and projects that I'm very committed to, but I did take kind of getting ahead a little bit out of the equation, right? So, right. So I think what happened for me is that, you know, I had a fairly successful career, right? I mean, I never was put in charge of anything, right? But I, you know, had some success as a writer. I, you know, was able to get interesting beats and kind of pursue them the way I wanted to. But what I discovered was that the kind of getting ahead didn't really make me very happy. And that having that kind of status just wasn't as important and satisfying to me as I had thought it would be when I was mm -hmm. in my 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. Well, it was so interesting to me when you talked about making friends out in Rockaway who um, who you had no idea what they did for a living. Right. Because I know the world you came from because right. it's the same world I came from. Right. And that is so antithetical to that world right. where the first thing you learn is where someone works. Right. And I don't know that I could have learned that lesson sort of as well as I <laughs> as I did if I hadn't hadn't been able to kind of slip into this life out here, right? This place, right, Rockaway and the surf community is so powerful and I was just having so much fun doing it. And it was just kind of a, a eureka kind of aha moment to see that 
wait a minute, <laughs> you know, I think this person's really cool and interesting, and they seem to be really happy and enjoying life, and I don't know what they do for a living. And so it's like, these are people who don't put their job necessarily at the center of their lives and don't put that kind of status and title and, you know, perceived power that seems to be what drives a lot of people, you know, in the center of Manhattan and the media world that, that you and I came, both came from. Mm. Right. That sounds so nice. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like high school, but the good parts of high school. Yeah. Like where you, you don't know yet what people are going to be. You just take them for who they are. Right. Well, and also, you know, a lot of it comes from how they behave in the water. Huh. Right. Mm. Right. So there's a lot of like, huh, is that person going to try to take the wave from me? Or, you know, is or wow, that person really nice. They just let me take that wave, even though it was theirs. So you start to kind of get a sense of how people are. I mean, surfing's a lot like driving, right? You can tell a lot about somebody's personality <laughs> based on mm -hmm. how they drive. And the mm -hmm. same thing happens in the water, especially though, you know, especially with women. How come? Well, you know, women, well, I won't say all women, right? Because, but, but, you know, I have found that when you're in the water with other women, the vibe is just generally mellower, more supportive, a little more lighthearted than when there are a lot of dudes in the water. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Right. Mm. I mean, it's not to say that there aren't like incredibly fun, generous male surfers. There are a lot. And, and, and I know many, <laughs> I know a lot of them, but it's just like there is nothing more fun than surfing with other women. Hmm. Do you have surfing girlfriends out there? You must. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, part of it was that when I started coming out regularly for lessons, there was a group of women who would be out here every weekend, too. And, you know, they were like ranging from 20s to, well, I think I was probably the oldest and I was in my late 40s by then. And so we would see each other every weekend. Sometimes someone would give us give me a lift back to Brooklyn. And so there was just that sense of camaraderie and all of us trying, you know, kind of cheering each other on. It is actually a little like the good parts of high school, but it's also a little bit like college, right? It feels like, <laughs> like ro you know, Rockaway is like the quad. Right, right. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. So I thought it was going to be a book that used surfing as a metaphor for life, but it's actually a book about like literally about surfing. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Is there, is there a metaphor to be made of for what surfing is to your life? I don't know if, if I have a, a sort of good metaphor, but I will say that there are a lot of life lessons um, that came for me out of surfing. And one of them is, I mean, it sounds like such a cliche, but it's just like to sort of like be where you are, right? And be in the moment that, that you are in. Um, there's a scene in the book where I'm like, you know, looking looking out onto the horizon, waiting for a wave. And, you know, one looks like it's coming way off in the distance and there seems to be another one. And I keep looking back at, should I go for that one? Should I go for that one? Because the peaks are in different places. And no, maybe that one. And back and forth and back and forth. And then I re realized that there's a perfectly good wave right in front of me. And I spin around and I try to catch it, but I'm too late. And so mm. I keep that in mind because I think... I spent a lot of time, and I think, a, I think a lot of women do this, right? You sort of think about how things are going to be, right? Like, what is my life going to be like? And I need to have a certain kind of apartment because, you know, I'm going to get married and we're going to have kids, and so I need a house with extra bedrooms and, you know, sort of living your life for the future and a future that may never actually arrive 
or may not be what you thought it was going to be when it gets there. And so just like living for now and making decisions based on what your reality is now and how you can make that better. You know, I can see why that would be appealing because you turned to surfing at a really transitional time in your life. You were post-divorce, you were reckoning with not having kids and Mm -hmm. maybe not having the life you imagined for yourself at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did it help you with all that? Well, one thing it did was to give me a really clear focus that was not kind of just spinning in my head about, you know, what might be or whether I was ever going to date again. (laughs) (laughs) And so it just gave me a, a way to structure my time and fill my time in doing something that I really enjoyed doing. Um, and it also helped me meet people, right? I mean, I'm, I am not the most socially smooth person in the world. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Join the club. you know, I'm awkward and shy and I, you know, have trouble talking to strangers, which is, you know, always interesting for someone who devoted <laughs> her career to being a reporter. So, <laughs> but so I just found that having that focus allowed me just to kind of get over everything, right? Sort of heal from my various travails. It gave me a focus also, got really fit, felt really strong and powerful in ways that I hadn't felt probably since I was a teenager. So that really helped me get through. You talk about conquering fear in this book, and you did it really admirably. Um, How did you swing that? You know, it's a lot of just kind of talking yourself through things, right? I mean, it's not sort of hearing voices in your head necessarily, <laughs> but but I do feel like part of what I did was try to figure out where that fear was coming from, right? Like, what was I really afraid of? You took it apart. Yeah. And, and also tried to think about, okay, whose voice is that that I'm hearing? And Often, I found that it was, it went back to my father and um, his kind of demands for perfectionism and, you know, just kind of the chaotic household that I grew up in. Um, And so I felt like I just had to, as you say, sort of take it apart, figure out where it was coming from, and then talk myself out of it, right? Like, really literally say to myself, don't worry so much about what other people think of you right? Just get out there and try. So you think you've been pretty successful at silencing your father's voice? I haven't silenced it completely. I think I've gotten better at talking back to it. Good. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like I want to hear what it feels like to surf, you know, like, describe like, what does it feel like when you're on the board? Well, it feels like you're flying. You know, that's the only way that I can explain it. I think, I mean, for people who have skied or, you know, ice skate or skateboard, right? I mean, you have that feeling of swoosh, right? You're Mm -hmm. just kind of, you're just kind of sliding through the water. But it's just, there's something truly magical about it because you basically tap into this kind of energy that's just in the wave. And so it feels, you know, it is pretty akin to skiing. I think that's probably the sport that I've done that that has the most similar feeling. But Mm. because you're in water, it just feels like you're floating, or you are floating, I guess. (laughs) So, Well, just because the people who do surf are so passionate about it. And um, 
like I can't wrap my head around what it is, although I can understand there's a description in the book where you said like it basically feels like you're on top of the water moving with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I like it's hard for me to picture what is so enticing that it'll get people up at five o'clock in the morning in freezing cold water <laughs> to do that. Right. Well, there are two things about it. So there's definitely that rush of riding a wave. But the other thing is that it gives you a way of being in the ocean because mm-hmm. you're sitting on a board. So you you know, it's not like you're treading water or anything. So you can you can kind of be there longer. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also you're higher up. So you can just see more than when you're, you know, when you're like up to your neck. And so you have this kind of you feel like the, the sway of the wave, you're feeling the current, maybe you're seeing a dolphin, maybe you're seeing, mm. you know, a ray, or a turtle, you know, so you have this sense of being truly enveloped, communing really with nature. And it's just, there's something really cosmic about it that is difficult to describe, but it's, it's just, it's just an amazing thing. The appeal of loading there and something cosmic about it just also feels like, and you're away from the internet. Yes, yes, you are away from the internet and away from a lot of things that just away from the noise and static of of the rest of the world, mm-hmm. which, you know, right now is definitely um, <laughs> a really nice thing to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break for some ads. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks 
more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. Welcome back to Everything is Fine. You talked about this a bit before, but because you said you went out every day for a month. And so you, when you wanted to improve, you had an accountability deal with a friend mm -hmm. where you had to surf every day and your friend had to write every day and you would each hold each other to that. Mm -hmm. And so for listeners who are like trying to start something new, do you think that's an important part of why you're able to get better? Yes, absolutely. So I think, you know, it's, it's two things. One was just... The first, the idea of it, which came from my friend uh, Marat, was sort of just interesting, right? It's like I, it had never occurred to me to do something like that. I was like, oh, but of course, you're right. Just commit to it and do it every single day. And and having to report to him and having him report to mm -hmm. me I really definitely helped make me stick to it. But I would say that, you know, whatever whatever means of accountability works for you is, is fine, right? Maybe you don't need to have another friend, <laughs> you know, do that. <laughs> right. Although I found it just helpful and kind of fun because it also gave me some, you know, it's like we talked about, he would talk about what he had written and um, how it was going and I would talk about how my surfing was going and it just made it a little less like homework, right? And more right. like just this really interesting shared pursuit. So, but the other thing I would say is the best way to get better at something is to commit to it and give it time and attention and and not make it something that you're trying to shoehorn in, right? Like put it first, like figure out when each day are you going to put whatever effort it is you've decided you want to into that thing um, and do something for it every day. Yeah, because you should probably say that when you talk about committing to the thing that you love, like you actually moved out there so right. that you would be closer to the surf spots. Can you like, like rank how good a surfer you are now? Uh, on a scale of one to 10, I'm with 10 being the best. I'm like a two. <laughs> no, I and I'm, I'm not, this is, I swear to God, I am not humble bragging. I am a, I am a lousy, lousy surfer. Um, I was once, I think, like a pretty, like a halfway decent surfer, like somewhere around a five. But I, you know, the shoulder inju injury sort of took me out of the water um. for the better part of two years, just because, you oh, know, wow. we were trying, I was trying to heal it. And then I ended up having to have surgery. And so there were like two recoveries. So I'm still kind of working my way back from that. I can ride the waves. I just can't consistently get to my feet. So I've been sometimes doing the terrible, terrible thing of riding on my knees, <laughs> just like, which is like verboten in the surf world. <laughs> but, but I get to have that feeling of swoosh. So. Right. But it's so impressive that you haven't quit because I don't know. I know myself. I might be like, ah, the shoulder injury, right. that, that ruined surfing for me. And that was right. the end of it. You know, I just, I love it. There's just, you know, <laughs> I just love it. And I don't want to give up on it, right? I feel like, you know, I can, I feel like if the body can still make the motion, which I can't, right? I can, I can pop up on dry land. I just, I'm still not quite strong enough to 
always pop up on the board because it's just a whole different thing when you're in the in the water. So I just I just hold on to what I feel I can do and, you know, just keep trying to get better and not beat myself up if I don't. How old are you now? 55. Wow. So, Amazing. so the, but you know, the other thing I want to bring up here, so there's a saying, and I can't remember which surfer it's attributed to, um, but that, you know, one of these kind of old school, like really good surfers said something like, the best surfer is the one who's having the most fun in the water. <laughs> All right. And that is my mantra. Like if I'm ha- out there having fun and I'm not getting in anybody's way and I'm not a danger to anybody else, I can do whatever I want. Right. right. Did you encounter any resistance to you, a later in life woman of color in a predominantly young white sport? I did not, I am happy to say. Um, but I know that other women of color have. Um, you see, and I, and I don't know if it's more of a California thing, if it's if more localized breaks than Rockaway. Um, but I do know that women of color often say that the guys drop in on them. Do you, and for, for mm. people who don't know what that is, that's when you, the person who has priority on the wave is, a per, is the person closest to the peak. And dropping in is when someone who doesn't have priority sort of cuts them off and essentially takes the wave away. So I think, you know, there are a lot of places where surfers of color, and especially women of color, um, face resistance or condescension, Mm, right? right. I haven't experienced any of that. I don't know if that's, (laughs) I don't know if that's just because when I started, I was one of like three black people who was, you know, out of the break at any given time. It was me and one other black guy who lived here and another black guy who would come every, like every single weekend and surf. Now it's much more integrated, but maybe it's just there. I was almost always, <laughs> I was often the only person, the only black person. I mean, there were other women of color, but I was the only mm-hmm. African-American. You did a really deaf job. I mean, and I think it sort of is the theme of the book in many ways. You did a really deaf job of reinventing your life, which, you know, I always find admirable in women in middle age or anyone in middle age because it's hard. What advice would you give to women looking to make big changes to reinvent their own lives? You know, take a deep breath, <laughs> swallow hard and be brave, right? I think that that's kind of the only way to do it. Um, you have to, you know, know that it's going to be a challenge, but also understand that it's never too late to try, right? It's never too late to try to be happy. And it may take some sacrificing, they may have to give some things up. Um, but in the end, it's going to be so worth it, because you're going to be doing what you want to do, not what you think you should be doing necessarily or what other people think you should be doing. Right. Okay. There's one thing I need to know. Um, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned at one point in the book, you mentioned at least one point in the book, you just sort of casually mentioned going into the ocean in December. Yes. How, how the fuck? <laughs> you know, wetsuit technology today. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really the answer. You know, you have a hood, you have gloves, you, you sort of bundle up. And I don't go in the water. I mean, it depends on the combination of wind and water temperature and air temperature. And so 
I don't like to go in too much below freezing air temperature、mm-hmm. because you just like. It's like you get icicles on your face, and that is just no fun for anybody. Yikes! <laughs> oh my god! Yikes! So, wow! I come from Canada, and I know about having icicles on your face. <laughs> but、uh, being submerged in water and having icicles on your face—that's、yeah. like another yeah. level. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. Now, for our last question, I'm going to ask something that we've started asking everyone, which is, "What is your can't live without beauty product?" My can't live without beauty product.、Um, well, I think mine is more of an ingredient, which I've become、mm. sort of addicted to things with hyaluronic acid. Ah, yes. So I just got a new serum that I'm trying out today. I think it's one of it's a Cerave that has like vitamin C, vitamin B, and hyaluronic acid and something else. So I would say that because you know I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it keep the wrinkles plumped. Yes, <laughs> we all are at all costs. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, Diane.、Oh, thank、really、you.、Fun. Thank you.、Um, yeah. Thanks,、I'm、Diane. Like one millimeter closer to trying surfing. Oh yay!、Um, but I really like hearing about it. <laughs> yay! Yay! Come out! Come out! <laughs> millimeter. It's not much.、Uh, <laughs> so, how should people find you?、Uh, well, definitely, we should tell them to go get Rockaway. Rockaway comes out July seventh.、Mm-hmm. Anything else? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? I am on Instagram.、Uh, Diane underscore Cardwell is my handle. And any day now, there will be a website, diannecardwell.com. Awesome! Thanks so much for listening. Everything is fine. We are your hosts, Talia Bacasis and Kim France. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have suggestions for show ideas or anything else, email us at talianckim@gmail.com. We also have an Instagram that is EIF Podcast, and you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands, and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince dot com slash style to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns on your next order. Quince dot com slash style.